I remember you had done this long program, all just line upon line of all these symbols, and you'd gone through the book and copied it, and you'd gone through and fixed all the syntax errors. I remember that message. And you had gone off, and you told me very sternly, do not touch that button. I'll kill you. (laughs) And so you went to get Dad, and I was like, well, what happens if I touch the button? (laughs) And everything went blank. And I was like, oh, no. I'm dead. I don't I just, remember this. Oh, you came back in there and you're like, what happened? Joseph! <laughs> Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Kick back and enjoy the musings of James, John, David, Joseph, and Ben, five brothers raised decades ago on a dysfunctional farm in western Idaho. Welcome to the Petzinger Brothers Podcast. Today is the 21st of March, 2010. I'm James. This is John. This is Joseph. Hey, this is Ben. We have four of us tonight. Uh, David could not join the podcast this evening, but uh, he promises to join on our next recording, so we will miss him. Uh, tonight's podcast promises, promises to be a, a good discussion. We're going to talk about toys the things we played with when we were kids, uh, maybe do a little bit of comparison contrast between the toys we had and the toys that are available to our kids or kids in general nowadays, uh, and maybe some of the toys that still exist, some of the things that are still a staple in, in the households, uh, games that are still played, things that are still fun uh, regardless of how long they've been around. One of the things I wanted to start off with, one of the uh, favorite games I had that we played growing up was Monopoly. I remember playing Monopoly a lot. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those games that uh, we still play. Uh, it seems like that's a game that has not lost any of its popularity over time. Yeah, you were... I remember staying up late several times I just uh, remember playing that game late. <laughs> I always got beat. Say that again, Ben. I would lose a lot. We would take advantage. Uh, the older kids would take advantage of the younger kids when it came to, I'll trade you this nice purple one for that blue one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joseph. Uh, buy Baltic Avenue. That's a great buy. <laughs> Baltic Avenue's great. It'll be worth a lot of money. I'll trade you all. Buy Park Place. I'll trade you all four of these for that one. <laughs> yeah, we oh. we did take advantage of you, but uh, well, I I was just gonna say I could never beat you ever. I, was, I don't ever remember winning against you when you would play. You you were very focused on that game. <laughs> <laughs> well. And it is. It is also. I mean, there is some luck to it. I mean, you have to land on the on the properties to buy, right? But uh, it, it was a combination. You had both. You know what to buy when, and and you, you seem to land on the right pieces. You know what? I take that back. I don't think you landed on the right pieces all the time. You had the same luck as the rest. You just you just really made good buying decisions. I, I was impatient. I was just buying anything I landed on. I was. I still have the same habits today. So I spend my money just as soon as I get it. <laughs> so I haven't learned much. I should, have, I should have learned my lessons from you back then, but I haven't. Uh, yeah, a lot of good it did me. <laughs> None of those lessons have paid off in real life. No, I always found it interesting that when I would go over to a friend's house, the way they played Monopoly was different than the way we were playing it. And it would drive me nuts because I had read the rules, I knew what the rules were, and they were not playing according to the rules. And no amount of explanation would change their mind on how to play the game because that was the way they played it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're only supposed to have one hotel, not unlimited hotels. 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, no, I get a kick out of playing that game still. Uh, it's it's a fun, fun, long-term game. Like you said, Joseph, you can stay up late at night playing that one. Yeah, I remember uh, a lot of times we were up late playing and losing. Yeah. <laughs> and you were always the banker. Oh, that's right. I was always the banker. Yep. I liked being the banker. Well, you want to know why I was always the banker? I didn't trust you were slipping money under the board without no. us knowing. Oh, no. That's what I think. Never. <laughs> it's a secret to success. But <laughs> speaking of that, we always used to hide from each other how many 500s we had. <laughs> Remember yeah. that? We would yeah. slip under the board so that no one could see how much money you really had. <laughs> yep. Uh, but no, Pull I never. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. I never. I can pay the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you had me when I landed there. No, I never ever slipped myself money, but I I wanted to be the banker because I didn't trust you guys not to slip yourselves money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're smart, James. I still slip myself money when I play with kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have I have no problems with it whatsoever. I don't feel bad about it at all. Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, I never could get you guys to play chess with me. Yeah, yeah. That. You know, and I regret that. I should have played more chess. Um, I mean, that game's been around for eons, but uh, so yeah, it's just as popular now as it always was back then. But I remember if I wanted to play chess, I had to either play dad or uh, friends at school in the chess club. And yes, I was in chess club. And no, I'm not embarrassed by that. You were good at chess. I yeah, that. yeah. Dad played. Dad was willing to play chess with me up until the day that I beat him, and then he wouldn't play with me anymore. <laughs> he just, <laughs> hey, Dad, let's play chess. No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he, he was, he he he, uh, uh, and I remember it very very clearly that day. Uh, uh, when I had him and he knew it and he got that look on his face, you know, that, that pensive look on his face and tilts his head back in the air and he folded his arms over his chest. And he said, I think we're done. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. He didn't even let me win. It was just, you know what? We're done. (laughs) Oh, really? You were denied the win. Well, that was his way of saying, okay, (laughs) The Padawan has has yeah. <laughs> has become He's master. master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I liked. Did I liked, we lose Ben? Ah, uh, yeah. I think we lost Ben. Well, speaking of Ben, I but but it's it's about games. But there was one story. This is this doesn't speak well to me because it uh, shows like I was at one time a very bad sport. We were playing Uno, Ben and I, and he would not. I could never win. One game after another, and he's six years younger than me. He's this little kid, and I was a—I I forget how old I was. I think I was a teenager at the time, old enough to have known better and to behave better. That's for sure. But he was this little kid having fun because he was legitimately beating me every game of Uno. And I think it was probably the fifth or sixth game into it, I—I I just lost it. And I said the most ridiculous thing to him. I looked at him straight in the eyes and I said, this next game, I will win. You will let me win. <laughs> and he looked at me like, how does that work? How, how do I let you win? I mean, you know, what I was basically telling him is if you've got, a, if you've got one of those, what is it, the four card or you know, the, wild draw four. Wild draw, wild draw yeah. four. You will hold it. <laughs> you will not, <laughs> will not use it against me. You know. God. I yeah. I, I had a I had a meltdown because I was losing so much to this little kid. Uh, might want to edit that out of this podcast, James. It's really. I'm to this day. I'm really so. I'm not proud of that at all. I felt so bad afterwards. And um, well, you haven't I, finished I don't, the story. I don't know you haven't finished the story. Yeah, we played it through and he let me win. That's how, oh. that's how terrible it was. <laughs> and I let him. I let him. You know, that's... <laughs> well, yeah, it's an awful thing to do. Too bad, he's, too bad he dropped off the line and couldn't hear your 
the regret, <laughs> the, the the regretful tone in your voice. <laughs> Uno was Uno is another one of those games. Speaking of it, that uh, has really passed the test of time because it came out. Yes, it was a new game when we were kids. It came out in the early seventies, if I remember. Yeah. But and you that's one that's still going strong. Yeah, still going strong. Or I try to. What do you mean you try to? Well, I mean, we won't play it all the time. Oh, oh, oh I see. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's that's another more family games that we get out once in a while. What was the game we used to play when we would visit with the cousins? There was one game they would always bring out, and I, I want to say it was Sorry. Do you remember that game? No, I don't remember uh-uh. playing any games with the cousins. No, there was one game. Every time we'd go over there, we would play that game. It had this, the, the dice, you didn't roll the dice. There was this dome a plastic dome built into the game board and you would push down on the dome and it would pop the dice around inside okay the dice so you yeah. could, you, you can remember something like that you remember that game i believe that was sorry uh and we never played it unless we were visiting the cousins because they were the they were the ones who had it that one's another one that's been around forever but uh games but what about toys do you have a favorite toy? You know, like we were, we're like we were talking before. You know, uh, the bicycle, I think, was my. It's not necessarily a toy toy, but it was something that I played on a lot. Uh, as soon as I learned how to ride, which was painful in the beginning, but uh, it was liberating, and I was just on it every day, all day. That was my most memorable toy, I guess you could say. Sure. Well, it felt like a toy when you when you received a bike. Yeah, as a gift, you know. That that and uh, those guns that Dad made for us, I I played with those all the time. Right now, so clarify that when you say Dad made guns, uh, he made uh, out of wood. He had this jigsaw, jigsaw, and he just cut out the shape of a gun, painted it, put our names on them, got them for Christmas one year, and I I would go out with that thing all the time. You know, no offense to Japanese people, but I I killed so many Japanese people for pretend, like I was in World War II, and I, <laughs> but I thought I could speak Japanese. <laughs> I just it sounded Japanese. I always wondered. I wonder what I'm saying. <laughs> I, would, I would go out on the dirt piles. You know, they'd um, uh, out the ditch, yeah, and put it on our property. Big huge. Man, I was you know throwing grenades and all kinds of stuff in my mind. It was so good you were, times. You were reenacting yeah, was with, the World War II movies that we would watch. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember. Dad would make a lot of toys. Um, yeah. Out of uh, plywood or pieces of wood, uh, cut them up with this. He was pretty skilled with that jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had some mad woodworking skills. I wouldn't call him a finish worker. I'd, I'd call him a precision worker when it came to putting stuff together out of wood. He, he made, um, remember those, those toy, those, those puzzle, wood puzzle toys he used to make? Wood puzzles? Yeah. He would take a, like a common object, oh, a, a yes. car okay. or a, yep. yeah, it took a little car and then he would, he'd cut the car up into yep. pieces, interlocking pieces that, that you would then put together. Now, there was nothing very complex about that toy. But it was well crafted and well painted and decorated, and uh, that would be a gift. I remember friends of mine who received uh, as birthday presents those little wooden puzzle toys, and those puzzle toys were their favorite gifts for a very, very long time, just because they were the only one who had anything like it. It was truly a unique toy, really? a unique gift. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Mark Carr. Mark Carr would always come up to me and say, man, that thing is so cool. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I, I didn't appreciate it uh, as much as I should have at the time. I appreciate it greatly now, considering the, the skill and time that he put into it. But, um, of course, you never appreciate anything fully until you look at it over time and, and see its value. Yeah. Right. It wasn't modern or plastic. <laughs> right. You know, like everything else. So how about the what about the plus and minus blocks? Remember those? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the plus minus blocks. Yeah. Or just blocks in general. I don't know how many blocks he made for us. We we still have a we have a bucket of all these blocks that dad made. Yeah. And 
Our kids get them out and play with them non-stop. That's amazing. Yeah, Blocks was the top of my list uh, as far as toys. That's what I yeah. remember playing with most. And I remember one Christmas, um, uh, that was the big gift. And it was uh, a full set of Blocks, all different sizes and shapes. Triangles, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, challenge. Triangles and these long strips. And they were in a, a pillow uh, case. That's right. Yeah, and it was just, I, I probably spent more time with those blocks than any other toy uh, period growing up. Stacking them up into different uh, building creations yeah. and, and yeah. formations. Oh, yeah, I remember the blocks. Yep. We, um, we realized uh, Ammon has a, a knack for building things because of the blocks. Um, he's, I mean, he'll build these palaces that are completely um, symmetrical, both on same sides. I mean, they're perfect pyramids, everything. And they're on a grand scale. It's not like little three blocks here and stuff. I mean, we're talking like Mormon temple stuff. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So we're like, wow, this kid, he's really got some some talent yeah, it's amazing the amount of creativity that uh, can be. Dad. <laughs> it's amazing the amount of creativity that can be elicited from cubes, cubes of wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skipped a generation. It skipped a generation. <laughs> so, yeah. I, well, I, I get the blocks out and I just make one big tower as far as up as I can. Yeah, how tall can I make it before it falls over? Exactly, before it falls. <laughs> and then I can't help myself. I, I bash it before it gets to the piece. Uh I remember one Christmas, um, and I got, I, I've got to tell this story because uh, I look back on it now and I think, wow, how silly was I? How, how um, and but I, I learned the lesson about how silly I was very, very quickly. It must have been a lean Christmas because there wasn't a whole lot under the tree. But there was this one gift, and that one gift was for all of us. And that was the miniature bowling alley that Dad made. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It had. Uh, it was, what, about uh, eight feet long, I want to yeah. say? And yeah. it was, you know, the pins were about uh, the height of a, uh, a Coke can, and it was about, oh, I'd say... A foot and a half maybe two feet wide yeah. and had the walls and everything you would stand at one end and you'd roll a like a tennis ball down the bowling alley not try to knock over the pins and the pins would all fall back into this little uh i guess you would call it a, a basket at the back end of the bowling alley so that they'd be out of the way for the next uh the, for the next roll of the ball and that was it and, and it stood up on these legs about three feet four feet up off the ground so Basically, it was this game, and the legs folded down and everything. He made this entire thing out of wood, scrap wood from the construction that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was all painted, and it had ornate decorations on it and everything. And I just remember looking at it and being terribly disappointed because it wasn't it wasn't something new from the store. It was just this, this wooden bowling alley thing, and I did not appreciate it at all mm-hmm. until my friends came over. And they saw it, and they were absolutely fascinated and mesmerized by it. Uh, and I, I had to, I had to really step back and rethink my entire perspective on this bowling alley because they thought it was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. And here I am thinking, eh, this, this is this is dumb. It didn't come from a store. I think that was the first time I actually realized, wow, this is something special. This is something cool. Um, and they, that's the only thing they wanted to play with, you know, Hey, can, Hey, can I uh, want to go over to your house? Not really to play with you, but we want to play with the bowling alley. <laughs> you know, I thought that anyway, it was the coolest thing after that. I just, I realized just how cool it was and just how much effort went into it uh, to make that. I'm glad you brought that up. I had forgotten all about it until you just described it. And then, and that was really a pretty cool thing. A lot yes. of work went into that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing amount of work, actually. Yeah, I've got one of those guns right here on my den table. One of those uh, pistols, Joseph. You were oh, one, of the, one of the plywood guns? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got one right here in my den. It's black with a green uh, outline. 
Is it is it the one Dad made for you that Christmas? It may be. I I got it out of the shop uh, when we when we were closing everything down and uh, brought it home with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that. Uh, speaking of him making toys, you know, what about the the toy factory? I mean, that's a pretty big deal. The the factory that he built to make toys in. Yeah, the shop outside. I, well, that was, it was supposed to be a toy factory, and eventually became called the shop. But yeah, sure. Oh, I was just gonna say, I I have two rifles that Dad carved out in my shop that. Uh, he he was making them for the grandkids, but never finished them. And so I've I've been uh, um, working on them and putting some stain on them and everything for the kids, finishing them up. So that's been kind of fun. Who owned the rubber skeleton? That was David. That was David's rubber skeleton. I know we talked about that, the rubber that, skeleton before. That the goat ate? Yes. And pooped out? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait a uh, I know we talked about the, the rubber skeleton in a previous podcast. <laughs> it was so cool. I remember watching the goat eat the skeleton. Yeah. It was Halloween. Yeah, went. It, it was Halloween, right? And it was this fluorescent green rubber skeleton. And I believe that John and I were playing keep away from David. And we were <laughs> tossing the skeleton back and forth. And the game of keep away had progressed to outside and we're throwing it back and forth, throwing it back and forth. I don't remember which one of us uh, missed through the skeleton, but it landed in the goat pen. And that buck wasted no time. He was on that skeleton in immediately. Anything that went into that pen, he was eating it up, and he just downed that thing. I, I was, it was absolutely fascinating to watch. I felt sorry for David. Because he had to watch his prized rubber skeleton go down the gullet of a goat, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, that, Amazing that to watch. Of, that game of Keep Away had some finality to it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> but you mentioned it pooping it out. I, I don't think I recall that ever happening. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch it come out, but I remember seeing it sometime later on mixed in. With wow! Some stuff. I mean, <laughs> awesome it went stuff. straight through the goat. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. <laughs> That's seriously amazing. Uh, what about that repeating game? I remember this little it, it it could fit in your the palm of your hand and it had little buttons and you had to repeat the sequence. And I know they still have games like that today, but it was uh, fascinating when it came out and we would play it for hours. We'd Hand it around, and as soon as you made a mistake, you'd get it to the next guy. Do you remember that? And it had oh, different levels. Yeah. What was that little game called? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They had they had bigger ones with the big flashy uh, uh, things that you could push down on, and the lights flash. But the first one we had was just really small. Yeah, yeah it was a memory <clears throat> memory game. Trying. Yeah, to it was a, a memory sequence, game. The sequence of uh, tones mm-hmm. that, uh-huh. that it. And it would it would repeat them faster and more each each time you got it right, and it would give you another yeah faster one. and more of, complex right more complex these tones and yeah you you enjoyed that game Joseph I, um I was I just, frustrated I, with it yeah I, I avoided it I but James you was, know, I I tried it because yeah I tried it and wanted to be good at it because James is good at it you know didn't you beat it yeah I beat it yeah you beat it. What was it, beating it? A sequence of how many different notes did you have to remember? Oh goodness sake, I don't remember. But it took a long time. I, it was, it was, oh, it was a hard game to beat because it would go on forever and ever and ever. And it was, it got progressively longer. You know, it got one note progressively longer each time you cycled through. Uh-huh. So it took a long time to get to to the end of the game. And when you did. It played this uh, song or this tune or something, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's the only reward you get is it plays this little <laughs> tune, <laughs> and, and and all the little lights would you know blink and and whatnot. You know what? I think it was called Pocket Repeat. Huh. It was. It was called Pocket Repeat, and uh, this was like one of those Radio Shack games that came out. Huh. Yeah, yeah. It was a little. It was, 
little square thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, fit it fit in your hand. You could you could easily hold it in your two hands. It wasn't it wasn't the big one? I know there was a big one, but yeah. Oh yeah. Until you mentioned it, I had totally forgot about that game. Wow. And yeah, pong. Lockdown. Yeah. That's right. We did get a pong. Yep. I remember playing it up on Omas. Oh yeah. We yeah. brought it with us. <laughs> I guess hooked it up. We were, to the we're TV. back in that stu- Opa's study area where that couch was, and that little black and white TV. I yeah. remember playing it in there with yeah. the with the knobs. Yeah, two knobs. They catch it. Yep. Up and down, back uh, up and down, back and forth. Amazing how a game that simple could master so much of our time. <laughs> really, seriously, when you think about it. <laughs> But it was enthralling, though. The, this it idea, was fascinating. Yeah, I, I can control this 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 thing on the screen. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? We 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 grew up in a very interesting time when when the first of the video games emerged in society. Uh, I kind of I kind of think of it as lucky because we have true perspective on that whole change from there being no video games at all to there being these rudimentary video games that we remember as kids to the gaming systems that exist now, you know. I mean, we've gone from Pong, two dials where it's you against another person, and that's that, to these massively multiplayer online games where you've got millions of people playing simultaneously all over the world. Yeah. It's a pretty, that's a pretty, when you think about it, that's a pretty amazing evolution of of, uh, uh, gaming, over time. And that's only been, what, 30 years? In the yeah. span of 30 years, yeah. that's happened. How much more than that? No. Nope. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird, you know? Watching Frogger come out, Pac-Man. Yeah. All these games that are, you know, people, you know, kids are like, what? What? What are you talking well, about? They, no, they, they know those games. Believe me, Pac-Man, that's still Not as... Pong. No, people know Pong. Are you kidding? Everybody knows Pong. At some point in their lives, they're going to be introduced to Pong in some form or another. Someone's going to tell them about it. No one ever forgets the founders. Yeah, in history class. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> it will never be forgotten. Everybody, everybody listen. Listen to my story <laughs> of a game called Pong. <laughs> change the world. <clears throat> well, speaking of games that change the world, I don't know if you would call it a game. It more of a toy. But I think that this is the the largest selling puzzle toy in the world in all of all. Okay, time. stop. I know. Okay, what is it? Rubik's cube. You got it. The Rubik's cube. Yep. 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 And, that, and that's another thing that, that sets you apart from any of us in yeah. our brotherhood, and yeah. and that is your patience and your ability to work with something until you master it. <laughs> because I could not handle the Rubik's cube, I still yeah. can't. Yeah, I'll neither, do one uh, face and I'll celebrate and do a little happy dance, but that's it. <laughs> it you're right. It 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 it's an exercise in patience because it takes a long time to learn. It took me a long time to learn. I'll put it that way. But uh, I'm proud to say I still I can still do the Rubik's cube. I can still solve it, and that's one of those. Um, skills, and I'm going to call it a skill, that I am proud to say, once again, that I have passed on to my my next generation. Really? <laughs> they are, both of my kids are, are proficient in solving the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, it's, it's now a part of, of uh, shall we say, the legacy that I have handed down to my next generation. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's messed up. Messed up. It's not messed up. It's cool. When did they learn how to do this? What ages were they? I think middle school is when they picked it up. Same age that that I showed an interest in it is when they showed an interest in it. I just they had the advantage of having uh, uh, you know somebody in the household who (laughs) who could say, "Come over here, son. Come over here, my daughter." I'll we'll sit down and I'll show you exactly how to go through this. <laughs> you sure it wasn't you're not eating until you solve one more face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? You can only do It took me one, one month. month. It's been 6 weeks. Come on. 
no, no, no pressure. Just helping them out. I remember uh, timing you. Um, for whatever reason, I remember timing you onto the balcony once. Yeah. With a little, it wasn't a stopwatch, but a watch. And uh, it would make me nervous just watching you trying to beat <laughs> your previous time. I would get nervous. <laughs> I didn't even like timing you because I would get all nervous for you. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Watching, watching you move that fast and get to the puzzle, you know, as I'm timing you. <laughs> I'm just like. Oh, please beat it. Please beat it. It's so much work. How is he doing this? <laughs> it <would> just <laughs> My nerves would go through the ceiling watching you do that. Wow. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Beads oh. of sweat. <laughs> yeah. I was sweating more than you. Uh, wow. No, my recollection is the best time I – in fact, I know the best time I ever achieved solving a Rubik's Cube uh, from scratch was 47 seconds. Man. I never did get better than 47 seconds. That's my that's my all-time record. And a lot of that is luck, you know. Uh, anyone who can solve the cube will tell you uh if you get into certain certain situations in the in the puzzle, you you know you're screwed. There's no way you're going to get a good time because it takes a while to get out of that situation. But if yes, all of the, course. if all the pieces fall into place, you know, <laughs> Then you can get a pretty good time. I'm I'm amazed by people who do it. You know, I can I can watch it on TV and and see people do it and and be amazed at how they solve it because uh, blows me away. Anyway, you guys remember Stretch Monster? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Had to warm him up a little bit. Yeah. What? <sighs> Someone's going to have to refresh my memory. What happened to Stretch Monster? He got frozen. He got frozen, right? And then we then we dropped him on the concrete. Broke. It. <laughs> And he shattered, right? He shattered. Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, that's what I thought. So he was filled. He was filled with some kind of gooey fluid, right? And and that's what made him malleable. But his his outside skin was must have been some really funky, stretchy rubber stuff because that thing was amazing. Yeah, that was an impressive toy. I wonder if they still make them. Uh, I'm thinking it probably got banned because enough kids. Ripped them to shreds and exposed <laughs> themselves to that goo on the inside, whatever that was. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was probably was. some sort of radioactive <laughs> polymer of some sort. I just remember we would, you know, get him all warmed up. We'd put him outside, set him out in the sunlight for a while so that he'd get all warmed up and gooey, and then grab an arm. And get four of us, you know, an arm and grab a leg and just pull and try to stretch them out as far as we could. Yeah. It would never break. And, of course, we could never muster up enough strength to, to tear them apart, which really is what we were trying to do. Uh, we can rip off an, a limb today, but no, nope, never happened. Until one winter when he got cold and we dropped him on the concrete and he just shattered. The demise of Stretch Monster. His Achilles heel is below freezing. Well, you guys talked about um, computer. To- you talked about Pong. My, I, one of the most significant Christmas gifts I remember receiving was that Commodore VIC twenty. Yep. Remember that? Yep. What was a Commodore sixty four? No, it was a VIC twenty. I know. What was that? The, the Commodore VIC twenty was it was a hybrid um, <clears throat> computer slash video game console. It looked like a big fat keyboard, and you yeah. would plug the cartridges into the back of it. Um, but it was it was the VIC twenty. It was white, and when you turned it on, you plugged it into the TV, and you turned it on, it would start up with a basic programming screen. And that's that machine was where I learned how to do my basic programming, um, where I started my program my computer programming uh, skills. And I remember writing programs and getting, you know, things to happen on the screen and all this kind of stuff. I had no way of saving the program. So once I shut it off, gone. But I would spend hours writing these programs and then run it a couple of times. And it it, it was always one of those anticlimactic events. Look what I was able to get it to do. And then, you know, one of you would come in and go, mm-hmm, that's nice. Yeah, I I remember that. And... <laughs> I still feel bad about this, but I remember erasing one of your programs. <laughs> you told me, because there's this big red button on the left upper corner, and if you pushed it, 
It erased everything. It was gone. I remember you had done this long program, all just line upon line of all these symbols, and you'd gone through the book and copied it, and you'd gone through and fixed all the syntax errors. I remember that message. And you had gone off, and you told me very sternly, do not touch that button. I'll kill you. (laughs) And so... You went to get dad, and I was like, well, what happens if I touch the button? <laughs> and everything went blank. And I was like, oh, no. I'm dead. I don't I just, remember this. Oh, you came back in there, and you're like, what happened? Joseph! <laughs> that was bad. Don't touch I, the red button. I wonder what happens when you touch the red button. What happens when you touch the red button? Oh, I can't believe you're in the military. <laughs> There's no red buttons. <laughs> and if someone asks you not to, commands you not to press the red button, we're all in trouble. <clears throat> oh, that's funny. I I remember um, taking it uh, to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Oh, I, uh, wow! That brings back a memory. We had the motorcycle then, and I loaded it up on the motorcycle, and I took the back roads to Mountain Home. I didn't have a map or anything, and I was totally dependent on the road signs and whatnot. So I went, I went down through Marsing and 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 that way to get to Mount Home because I didn't want to ride the motorcycle on the freeway. Yeah, I, I I took that way. Yeah, on a motorcycle and, as well. Yeah, and I remember coming to this T in the road, and I had either missed a sign or wasn't paying attention, but I felt like you know I need to turn left here. Uh, I look back on that now and I realize that's when my sense of direction started showing up, because uh, I have a really good sense of direction. I, I, I know when I've gone too far or when I should be turning. And uh, so I turned there, and sure enough, uh, within a couple of minutes, I was uh, uh, right there at the Air Force Base and and close to Grandma and Grandpa's home. But I remember going to their home, and I, I just wanted to show them what, what, what could be done with this computer because... I thought it was cool, and I thought they'll think it's cool. And so I hooked it up to their TV, and I got it all working, and I wrote a, a little program and showed them what could be done and all that. But then by the time I got all that done, it was time to go home. So I disconnected it, and I put their TV back and all. And something I had done to the TV oh no, screwed up the colors. <laughs> and it, I had to go because it was getting dark, and the colors were just not coming back right and the the images the the people on the tv were green and it oh, just man. wouldn't correct and the look on grandpa's face oh, i could tell he was just like oh i am not going to i am not going to get angry i am not going to get angry and he was not a happy camper when i left that day and i don't know if he ever got the uh colors right on the on his tv again and in fact i'm pretty sure he didn't because it was weeks later that we found out they'd bought a new tv and i felt so bad i felt so bad because i had messed up their tv and you know how particular grandpa was about his stuff yeah you have to understand that was their life yeah watching tv i mean that was every time we went to their house that's what was going on yeah it is the tv they had a very definite uh, TV schedule that they maintained. Yeah, I had definitely. really thrown a wrench in the works. Yep. You know, anyway, people need to look natural. <laughs> yeah, they they can't be green. Right. Yeah, I felt so bad, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, on a, on a different note, I'm sure he was quite happy to now have a reason to get a new TV. I, I remember we could. <clears throat> there was a place in the back of the Commodore that you could actually put game cartridges in. Yeah, yeah, you could plug game cartridges in the back. Yep. And I remember you showed us this, but we could walk around, rub our feet. Oh. We were wearing socks, rub our feet on the carpet around the back room, and touch it. And the whole page, the whole the whole uh, screen would go, you know, and the game would get all disrupted. Whatever we were doing, and you know, we thought it was just hilarious <laughs> until I think it was me. No, no, it wasn't you. Was it? Someone did it, and we smelled smoke. Yeah, that was me. Totally, totally fried it. Yep. I mean, <laughs> it was it was done. Just boom. And, you know that electronic burn smell? And- yes. The, <laughs> the mysterious the the mysterious 
black essence. Once the black yes. essence escapes, it'll never work again. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, we thought that was, you're right. We thought it was the coolest thing because you get all kinds of funky patterns on the screen when you zap yeah. static electricity. <laughs> oh, that was a cool one. Let's do that again. Yep. Yeah. And I remember that final static shock and the screen going black yeah. and that smell. And I'd smelled that smell before. I knew what that smell meant. That was a very sad day because I realized the, I have just fried my my computer. The smell of electronic death. Oh, it was that was a bad day. Very bad day. In fact, the only time I've ever felt worse than that was when I was when we were uh, that that part time job cleaning toilets, and I had spent a major amount of money buying the smallest. Sony tape Walkman that they ever made. And it was the most beautiful piece of machinery I had ever owned. And it was the one thing that saved me when I was scrubbing toilets was I could just listen to my music and sort of turn myself off to the fact that I'm cleaning out these toilets. And I remember leaning over this one toilet to scrub it out Oh no! and watching. And I remember it's uh. in, like in slow motion, my, Walkman, yeah, <laughs> slowly falling into the toilet and realizing it's over. It's gone. There's no rescue. Oh, it's a horrible, horrible sinking feeling. And that, that and the time that I zapped the VIC-20. Oh, horrible days. You guys remember that marble track thing? Yes. The what? That marble track thing. It, uh, yes. Yeah, the crisscross going yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like two yeah, towers. Yeah, you drop the marble and go down. Oh, yeah. And the marbles would zip back and forth, back and forth, gradually making their way down to the bottom. Yes. Okay, please, someone, someone help me understand. What was the point of that thing? I don't know, but I loved it. <laughs> I just yeah. could do it I for hours. It. Yeah, I loved it too. What? What was... <laughs> Was the point of it though? Was there some formal game that we were? I, I remember. Okay, you grab ten marbles and you put them in as fast as you can and see who could get their ten marbles down to the bottom the fastest. I remember doing that a lot, but I always I have never been able to figure out what was the real purpose behind that marble track thing. What was it originally created for? I think it's. Um, I think it's kind of just it's mesmerizing. Yeah, it, re- it relaxes you when you watch it. You, you just you love watching, like watching a fish tank or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that's what it was. Because I remember playing with it, and I'd play with it for hours too. And uh, I think it was both the sound that it would make. Yeah, you know, and and if you could get a whole handful and drop all of them in, one, of, you know, and it'd be running this this fast course of multiple marbles, dropping out while you're putting them in at the same time. It was. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was really a point to it outside of it just being fun to watch and listen to. It made quite the racket. Yeah. Those marbles clacking around. Oh, speaking of racket, what was that toy? There was this toy. It had a big, long handle, and it had wheels and this dome, and there were marbles inside the dome. And when you pushed it around, the marbles inside the dome would pop all around and make this horrible oh, yeah. racket. What was that? It's like a- they, still, they still make those. They still make them. What do they call those? Have, corn, corn pop toy or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. awful. And kids love them. And oh. now I think you can find them. They're, they're like a duck or something. They're simply like these waddly paddle feet that go, you know, in circles as they push it. And, yeah, they're they're awful. These things are horrible. But, man, I loved – I mean, we used to just see how noisy and rackety we could get with that thing, running it down the hallway at full speed. Mm-hmm. Just remember that running back and forth with that thing, how fast we could get it to go. Mm. How much noise can we make with this? It must have driven our parents insane. <laughs> they must have been in some other room sequestered with cotton in their ears going, oh, why in the world did we buy that thing? Well, why do you think Dad made the house so big? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere for those crazy kids to go play. Same, same reason why we need a bigger house. <laughs> Get out of the house. Go play somewhere else. 
the the railroad track that we would only get out during Christmas. At least that's how I remember it. Remember oh, that? That right. old black engine, and we had the controls on the side and big slabs of wood that the track was on. We'd put it down, put it all together. You could smell that electric smoke when it would start going. Yeah. I mean, that was Christmas. Um, I knew, you know, Christmas was near when we got the track out. Right. One of the, it was a Lionel train train set. I remember that. Wow. That was a nice train set. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and, and uh, you know, those trains, those train engines, boy, if we had those now, those are worth a pretty coin. Yeah. Those were something else. Very, very, um, very nice train set, actually. I wonder where Dad got that. I don't know. It wouldn't have been something that he'd purchased from the store. He must, we must have picked it up on a trade or something like that at some point. Yeah, he was always going off to auctions, bringing stuff home. Mm-hmm. Obscure stuff. I still do that, by the way. A lot of the a lot of the stuff, you know, I go to an auction, pick it up, make use of it. You bet. So talking about picking up, remember pickup sticks? Yeah, that yeah, was a dangerous that. game. Those were sharp sticks. Those were sharp, and if you forgot or left one, you know, or it was the same color as that green shag carpet or whatnot, man, you could put one of those right through your foot. I. I remember getting stabbed by one of those pickup sticks right between my big toe and the next one over. Oh, just man. walking around in the dark and all of a sudden stab right in between. Just wow. Fun game, though. Fun toy. That and Lincoln Logs. I remember I loved Lincoln Logs. Yeah. But it was frustrating because we didn't have enough to really do much with. You know? <laughs> we had a few Lincoln Logs, and basically, if you wanted to build, it ended up being the same log cabin every time. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, okay, I built the cabin. Another three weeks, I'll build it again. (laughs) Uh, We have, we have. um, Since our youngest was born, we've had a lot of Lincoln Logs around here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank. Uh, 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 Hey, oh. Actually, we do. We have a. We bought uh, Ammon a set of Lincoln Logs. And uh, he's had a lot of fun with them, you know, building things. All right. For those of you who do not understand that inside joke, Joseph, yeah. what is the name of your son? My youngest child is named Lincoln. All right. And now you can figure that out for yourselves. Listen. And he's only two. So. <laughs> yeah. And Legos. We had Legos. That's another toy that has endured the test. Always. Yes. I remember really enjoying playing with Legos. Yep. Also being frustrated by the fact that, you know, the Legos we had were all just the square ones. And if you really wanted to build anything cool, you had to have the, you know, the funky-shaped Legos, the, the angles and the shingles and the and the long pieces and the flat pieces and all that. We didn't have any of those. So the creations were fairly blocky. Fun to make, though, nonetheless. What about forts? I mean, we consider those kind of toys? Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're creating a fort out of whatever was available. I mean, we, yeah, forts were, I don't know, we always built forts. I think that's one of those things that all kids do. Yeah. I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can <clears throat> escape the building of forts as a part of childhood. And it's pretty much the same, I mean, the kids all come to the same realization of how a fort can be built. If you take a blanket and you sandwich it between a stable surface and a large pile of books, you'll be able to build a fort in any room with any furniture that exists there. And you can get pretty darn creative. I'm I'm talking about the haystack fort. (laughs) Haystack fort. (laughs) You remember? I remember there was a, I don't remember. I didn't help build it. I don't know. Maybe it was you and John. Uh, But there was a draw, a door, drawbridge door or something that opened up and there was space inside there. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. I yeah. I have very fleeting memories of it, but I, I remember thinking, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, yeah, I, remember, I remember that now. We'd, we'd tramp down, you know, in the field, all the weeds. Yeah. We'd tramp yeah. down trails and make big, huge clearings and yeah. have little, like, worms or something. All these trails in the field. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I just enjoyed it was, that. It was fun as long as you stayed down on your hands and knees. 
Oh yeah. I mean, if you stood up, it ruined it ruined the illusion of being in the in the tunnels. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Just amazing how tall those weeds would grow, or at least they really felt tall. Maybe we were just small at that time. Yeah, it probably wouldn't work as well now if we did it. I think this is a good place for us to call it an evening, especially since we are we are running out of time. We've we've hit that magic time wall where we've spent a good deal of time. I've enjoyed it. I. A lot of things I did not remember until you guys brought it up. So, fun. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. This was a good one. Look forward to putting this one up. And uh, this will be the 20th podcast. Uh, Wow. I find it. Yeah. Isn't that a wow? That's kind of a wow moment. 20 podcasts that we've put together. And my list of topics continues to grow. It's longer now than than it was when we started off. So uh, for anyone who's been listening and who has heard all 20 of the podcasts, we thank you for listening and want to reassure you that there will be more because this is just too much fun and too valuable for us not to continue to do. Proven to be quite quite something that the kids look forward to uh, and friends look forward to and other family members look forward to and complete strangers. We've gotten some good feedback on on the website from people and who have shared the same kinds of, of memories in the same time periods. And, um, if anybody is interested uh, and wants to know how to get this going for themselves, just let us know. We'll, we'll get you started because it is a lot of fun to listen to and think back on what it was like growing up when we were kids. So for now, good night, everyone. Have a good one, and uh, look forward to another 20 coming up over the next couple of months. Thanks. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.